Good morning, everyone. It's very kind of Andrew to say that we should be prepared for the word now, but God has been saying so many things to us all morning, hasn't he? We're really, really blessed to hear God speak to us so frequently and in so many ways, and I'm just going to add a few things on to what God has already been saying to us this morning, because he's been telling us this morning that he wants us to enjoy his presence. Isn't it wonderful? to be in the presence of someone you love, just to be with them, just to have them with you, have them close to you is wonderful, isn't it? My wife and my kids were away this week, they went to visit some family and friends around the country and they got home on Thursday night and the best thing about them coming home was that they were home. You know, you just think it's wonderful to have family and friends and people around you. God wants us to enjoy his presence, doesn't he? God wants us to know that he reigns. He reigns. Jesus reigns. And if Jesus reigns, we reign with him. Because we're seated in heavenly places in Christ with him. God is saying to us, as Kath brought the, that word to the couple this morning, God is saying to us, seek first my kingdom. And all these things will be added to you. And I was so excited as Carol shared her testimony that she had been healed. That she had been patiently waiting and holding on to God's word for two years. And he healed her because God is showing us that he is at work today and now. Last week, if you were here, we promised you some testimonies from the frontline team. We've had a wonderful group of um, people the last fortnight sharing the gospel in the streets of Cardiff. From the building here into the surrounding areas, down into Adamstown with Alex Capleton, up in Caffilly with Jez. The kingdom has been advancing. People have heard the gospel. People have made decisions to follow Christ. So we've got some discipling work ahead of us. People have been healed in their bodies and touched in their minds. The kingdom of God is advancing. If you've been involved in the frontline mission work the last couple of weeks, would you just stand up? Just want to say well done to you all. Well done. Let's give them a round of applause. And if you, if you fed them or if you took any time to be with them, we just want to say a massive thank you. Thanks for showing yourself to be a covenant community. We want to say a big thank you to Danielle Muirhead. Is she here? Is she hiding somewhere? Where's Danielle? Can you just give us a wave, Danielle? She's with the kids. Please go and say well done to Danielle because she is the person behind the scenes who makes everyone else look good. Okay? So she made so much happen at Frontline that has made people have been changed and transformed. It's already great. I met a gentleman here who's here this morning because one of the frontline team met him on the streets of Cardiff Bay, gave him an invitation, and he's come this morning. The kingdom is advancing. But we're all on the front line together, aren't we? We're all on the front line because God is advancing his kingdom. We've had a wonderful time together the last few weeks. We had a great time at the Bible Week, if you were there, in Newark upon Trent, where we heard about God's kingdom advance. It was the best Bible Week we've had, wasn't it? Yep. We heard the word and we saw God demonstrate his power. People received great teaching and great preaching on the kingdom of God, but we saw God move in power as we received prophetic word for our lives, as we received fresh anointing to do his work, and as many were healed in their bodies and set free from demonic power, because the kingdom of God is not merely a matter of talk, but of power. And his kingdom has come. Amen? 
the rule and reign of Jesus is not for some far off day or far off event. But Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven forcefully advances and violent men take hold of it. The kingdom is now. The kingdom is for today. Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as in heaven. And that's what we're involved in, isn't it? Amen. So turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, please. I'm going to talk a little bit about this kingdom this morning. I want to say a big congratulations to anyone this week who got exam results. It was A-level results week, AS-level results week as well. So congratulations to all you hardworking, clever people who got your grades. And congratulations, parents. Because you probably had to pay for the present that they got afterwards. Mark chapter 4 tells us a few parables of Jesus' teaching on the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. The kingdom of God is that place where God's rule is performed to the exclusion of any other will. Okay? The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. How many of you love the rule and reign of Jesus? Yeah? We've come under his rule and reign and we're so glad, aren't we? I'm glad anyway. So Jesus told two stories in Mark 4. We're going to read verse 26 is the first one. Mark 4, 26, the kingdom of God is like this, Jesus said, a man scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He doesn't know how. The soil produces a crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, and then the ripe grain on the head. But as soon as the crop is ready, he sends for the sickle because harvest has come. And he said, How can we illustrate the kingdom of God, or what parable can we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed that, when sown in the soil, is smaller than all the seeds on the ground. And when sown, it comes up and grows taller than all the large branch, all the other vegetables, and produces large branches, so that the birds of the sky can nest in its shade. A few days ago, my eldest daughter, she's five years old, she came into my room at home and she said, "Daddy." I've got something to tell you. I said, okay, darling, what's that? She said, I've made a decision. Okay, darling, what have you decided? I've decided, Daddy, that I don't want to grow up. (laughs) I said, what do you mean, darling? She said, well, I really like being a little girl, so I've decided I don't want to get any older, I don't want to get any taller, I don't want to get any bigger, I'm going to stay a little girl. I said, oh, okay, darling, and we talked about a, f- a few things. I said, now, you do realize, um, if you don't get any older, there's no more birthdays. <laughs> She's thinking, oh, presents. <laughs> if we don't get any older, there's, there's not another Christmas. Presents. <laughs> she, are you sure? Yes, I'm really happy being a little girl. I'm just going to stay as I am. I'm not going to get any older or taller or bigger. And off she went. Now, you and I know, don't we? No matter how hard my little girl wants to stay a little girl, she's going to get older. She's going to get taller. A lot taller, I think. She's going to get bigger and stronger, and there's nothing that she can do to stop it. From the moment she was born, she's been getting older. Now, there's things I have to do, things mum has to do, things other people in her family and surrounding influence have to do to help her as she grows, but we can't stop her growing, even if we wanted to. I could um, 
tie her down or sit her and sit on her and try and stop her from growing up, but I can't do it. I could tell her that she's 12, 5 and 5 and 5 and 5, but she'll go 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 and carry on. I can't do anything about it. She's going to grow up. She's going to get older. That's the way it is. And you know, it's the same with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God grows. And the kingdom of God advances. And it's destined to grow and it's destined to advance whether we like it or not. (laughs) But we like it, don't we? The kingdom of God is destined to grow whether we choose to serve God or not. The kingdom of God is advancing and is growing. That's the purpose of the first parable Jesus tells. A man sows his seed and off he goes, carries on with his life night and day. He's not checking on the seed. He's not worrying about the seed. But there's life in that seed. That seed grows whether the man does something or not. Now, there are other parables that Jesus tells about cultivating soil and preparing. But the purpose of this parable that Jesus tells is to help us see the kingdom in and of itself has power to grow. There is power in that seed for it to grow into harvest. Whether we choose to help or not, it will grow. You know, you and I could make the decision today that we are going to give everything we can in our lives to stop the kingdom of God advancing. We could decide that we're going to work with all our strength and all our power to prevent God's kingdom from advancing and we would fail miserably. And we'd be miserable as we tried to fail. Because there's nothing that we can do to stop the rule and reign of God extending. There's nothing that Satan and all of his hordes can do to stop the kingdom of God extending. There's nothing that the schemes of man and the governments of politicians can do to prevent the rule and reign of Jesus filling this earth. Because even as they work against him, God will turn everything they do for the good of his purpose. You know, at times like this, I think of uh, when Jesus said in Matthew 16, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And when Jesus made that announcement, he guaranteed the success of his building program. But a generation later, there's a man who comes along who's called Saul. He's a Pharisee and he makes it his mission to destroy the church. In Galatians chapter 1, he says, I worked hard to destroy the church. He made it his aim to destroy what Jesus was building. And do you know what happened to him? He failed. Do you know why? Because God took hold of him and said, Saul, I've called you to build my church, not to destroy it. Try as you might to resist the will of God, we can't. Try as you might to resist the advance of his purposes, we can't. God has set history in motion. He set his purpose in motion. He set his kingdom in motion. What he has begun, he will complete. Just as Jean testified this morning about her son making progress in his healing, God has begun a healing. He will complete it. God is the Alpha and the Omega. He who began a good work will complete in it. And if any of you have heard me speak for any length of time, you know I go on about this again and again and again. Because we must have it right in our minds that God is the God who has begun something and he will complete it. Our job is not to try and get God to advance his kingdom. Our responsibility is to offer ourselves willingly in his service. Psalm 110 says, your people will be found willing in the day of your power. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. He didn't teach us to pray, God please advance your kingdom Wake up, God, what are you doing? No, no, no. Jesus taught us to pray every day, Father, your kingdom come 
In other words, here we are, we're available to see your rule and reign brought near and near and nearer in this world. The kingdom is advancing. Do you see it? Because our responsibility is to be like the man who's sown the seed, who he's carrying on life, he's working away, but when it comes time for harvest, he's ready. Look back in Mark chapter 4 again. Mark 4 and verse 25. I'm sorry, verse 29. I've got Charles's Bible, I think. Mark 4, 29. As soon as the crop is ready, he sends for the sickle because harvest has come. Do you know what you're looking for? Do you see kingdom advance when it's in front of you? Are you ready to harvest? Are you ready to advance? Because the kingdom is advancing. God is moving and he's looking for people who've made themselves available to obey his promptings. When you see someone in need and you're prompted to help them, do you respond to that prompting? When you, when you have a friend or a neighbor or a coworker who starts to share with you their problems and their needs, do you recognize the harvest language that's there in front of you? You see, God is at work in people's lives. He's put eternity in the hearts of men. Even if it doesn't look like it on their faces, he's put eternity in their hearts. This week I met a friend of mine for coffee who the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about and told me to pray for him. And, um, and I went to see him because God told me to. I mean, the, his face doesn't give much away that he's interested in God. But we were sitting and talking and he was explaining some things from his life and I began to share the gospel with him and I wrote a few things down on a piece of paper and gave them to him. And as he sat there, he said, well, yes, uh, I'm not there yet, but yeah, I see that. I began to see that there was something going on in his heart that I hadn't recognized in his face. God is at work in people all around us. Do you see it? Do you see it? Because the kingdom is advancing and God is looking for willing workers to work with him. The next parable Jesus tells is the parable of the mustard seed. Let's look at that again. Mark 4.30 says, how can we illustrate the kingdom of God? What parable can we use to describe it? It's, it's like a mustard seed that when sown in the soil is smaller than all the other seeds on the ground... And when so, and it comes up and grows taller than all the vegetables and produces large branches so that the birds of the sky can nest in its shade. Jesus says that the kingdom starts small as a seed, but it's sown and grows to full bloom. The mustard seed was not a plant that took long to grow. It wasn't like the oak that took a long, long time to grow. But mustard seeds would come up fairly quickly and people could find their shade. It started small, but it came to full bloom. The kingdom of God has power to become all that God wants it to become. I told you a story about my eldest daughter. My youngest daughter this week was uh, sitting, eating. She's learning to feed herself. She's about seven or eight months old. And uh, she's wearing a big bib around her neck with a big kind of cup in it. And there was food falling into this from her mouth and she would reach down and just pick it up and put it in her mouth again and I said Saskia look what look at what she's doing and, and my wife said yeah she's she's just started to do that she's just started to recognize that um there's food in her bib that she can pick up and take and I was like wow that's amazing my daughter's a genius <laughs> she can feed herself and everything 
And if food falls out of her mouth, she can find it and put it back in her mouth. Wow! You know, we all believe our kids are geniuses, aren't we? <laughs> Don't we? But wouldn't I have been an awful parent if I'd sat there and said, well, you know, that's fine that she can, uh, she can feed herself, but she's not very good at running, is she? And she's not tidied her room once in eight months. We're still having to dress her. We're still having to change her. Not once has she cleaned my car. No, no, no good parent focuses on the things that their children can't do. We celebrate the progress that they're making. In other words, we focus on what they are doing, not what they're not doing. And I believe God wants us to focus on what he is doing and not focusing on what he's not doing. Let me say that again. I know it's a bit clumsy, but we must focus on what God is doing instead of focusing on what he's not doing. Because God is at work. Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. He was focused on what God was and is doing, and God wants us to be the same. Let's take some of the testimonies that we heard this morning. We heard the testimony, Carol waiting to be healed, and God healed her. We heard some testimonies this morning of people being healed of different problems with their eyes. You may be here this morning thinking, well, God hasn't done that for me. Poor me. Oh, it's never my turn. Or do you focus on, God, you're doing it. I see that you're working, and you can do that for me. When we hear testimonies of people being used in extraordinary ways to lead people to Christ, or see people healed, or see people transformed, do you think, oh, I never get the chance to do that? Or do you think, God is doing that, and I'm going to throw myself in as well? You see, the kingdom is advancing. The kingdom is advancing. And if we will focus ourselves on what God is doing, then we will always have things to be thankful for. We will always have things to be grateful for. We will always have testimonies to stir ourselves and spur ourselves on to see more and more and more of his kingdom established. Now, I say that to us because God spoke to us a few months ago and said that what he's doing now will seem in the future like the cloud the size of a man's hand. You remember the Lord spoke to us about that, that what he's doing now, great as it is, will in the future seem like the cloud the size of a man's hand. But we must steward and celebrate and be grateful for what God is doing now so that we can recognize what he's doing in the future. As we came in this morning, God was saying so many amazing things to us. Did you hear him saying that he reigns and that he rules? Saying that he wants us to seek first his kingdom. Saying that he wants us to enjoy his presence. That's a seed that we have to make room in our hearts for. I don't want to say too much more. But I want to just give us one thing that we can go away with this week and do. So if you'll turn with me to Zechariah chapter 4. And we're in Mark. So if you go back to Matthew... And go into the Old Testament, go back into Malachi, and then go back to the prophet Zechariah. So we've got Mark, Matthew, Malachi, Zechariah. I know what I've said this morning is very simple, and very obvious. But isn't it great to be part of a kingdom that is extending and advancing? The kingdom of God is destined to grow. Our responsibility is to make ourselves available to God for, the, for his use in his kingdom. 
The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which though small when planted, grows into a large tree in which people find their shade. What God has started to do in your life, in your community, in your family, in your workplace, it may seem small, but it's going to grow to full bloom. I find it amazing that so many of the um, people who, who were around when Jesus was born rejoiced at Jesus' birth. They didn't say, oh gosh, you know, he's only a baby. I'll get excited when he's done a miracle. No, Simeon took Jesus in his arms and said, here is the Messiah. The shepherds came down and celebrated that this baby had been born. The Magi came and worshipped Jesus because they recognized him as the king. He was small and insignificant in the world's eyes. But the Spirit had revealed to these people who he really was and is. God is doing great things. Do you see it? Do you perceive it? Where you see God working, I feel this is what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Let's look at Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah is a, was a prophet working in the restoration period when the exiles have been sent back to Jerusalem and they're rebuilding the temple. And the, one of the men leading the, the work of rebuilding the temple is a man called Zerubbabel. And... Um, Zechariah is woken up in the night and given many visions at night in which God speaks words to different people and one of them is Zerubbabel and Zerubbabel's task is to start and finish the building of the house and I love the fact that God calls us to start and finish what he's building. God doesn't have unfinished projects. He who began a good work in you will complete it. Verse 6 of Zechariah 4 says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by strength or by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What are you, great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you'll become a plain, and he will bring out the capstone accompanied by shouts of grace, grace to it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Zerubbabel's hands have laid the foundation of this house, and his hands will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, for who scorns or who despises the day of small things? These seven eyes of the Lord, which scan throughout the whole earth, will rejoice when they see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Who scorns or who despises the day of small things? Don't do that, the prophet says, because the Lord himself will rejoice when he sees the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Don't despise the little that you see because it's growing into much. When Arnas was with a few months ago, he took us through the Gospels and showed us so many of the miracles that Jesus performed began from very seemingly small instances. A little conversation, a little opportunity, and it grew into something large. Just think about your life at the moment. Think about where you are. Think about what you've experienced. Think about what God is doing in your family, doing amongst your co-workers, amongst your school friends. He's doing in your community, what he's doing in the city. Do you see what he's doing? Do you know as you focus on what God is doing and give thanks for what God is doing and speak about what God is doing, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger in your own mind's eye. As you think on and meditate on what God is doing, you begin to see more and more and more of the good things he's doing. This is a day in which God is advancing his kingdom. This is a day in which God is, he's not doing it tomorrow or in a hundred years from now. He's not forgotten or left this generation vacant. He is advancing his kingdom. And are we willing and available to be his in this day.
Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we want to thank you this morning that you are at work here right now. You are at work in us and through us. Your word says that your kingdom is within us. You're not far from us and your rule is not far from us. And we make ourselves available afresh today, Lord, to be used by you to advance your kingdom. We yield to you in our own hearts and minds and where your kingdom needs to come and your rule needs to be expressed more in our own individual personal lives, we yield ourselves to you, Lord. But give us eyes afresh to see where you're working and what you're doing in this city and in the places around us. For we thank you that your kingdom is growing. We thank you for people that you've put in our lives, family members and friends, workers and neighbors. And we pray that you'd show us where you're working. We pray you'd lead us to people. We pray you'd lead us into situations where you are the only answer. We pray you give us boldness and confidence to know that you have anointed us of your Holy Spirit to demonstrate your power where we are. Give us a confidence and an assurance, Lord Jesus. Let us know with certainty our calling and our hope. For we thank you that you are advancing your kingdom. You are building your church. And we are your people available. Amen. 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 Anything you want to say?